Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our Rebound podcast. My name is Kayla Edwards, and I am the student assistant to the vice president for student affairs. I will be facilitating this podcast today with a good friend of mine, Xavier Williams. Hi, Xavier. <laughs> How are you, Kayla? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's a, it's a cold Thursday, but, you know, we're making it. We're making it. Yes, yes. How about you introduce yourself, give a little spiel about yourself, and we can go from there. Uh, my name is Xavier Williams. I am a junior music education major, honors interdisciplinary studies minor uh, from Hampton, Virginia. I typically tell people Virginia Beach because they do not know where Hampton is, but my dear friend Kayla's from the 75, so uh, I feel comfortable saying Hampton on the podcast. I, you know, have focus of, you know, working in education um, and, you know, just trying to make a better environment for students that look like me, but also those that don't, and, you know, just uh, making life a, a better and safer place for all people. I guess you should also talk about your position on campus. I uh, was elected uh, actually this week, a year ago. So um, uh, last year in 2021, uh, I was elected to be student representative to the Board of Visitors, which is our governing body for the university. And essentially what the board does in in layman's terms is uh, they are important in approving different majors that will be taken by students on campus. They are in charge of approving tuition and fees for the university, uh, evaluating the president and uh, his performance as president of the university, um, and then overall governance, you know, just, um, you know, keeping the university at its level of excellence. And so very honored to be able to represent the student body in that capacity and to, you know, bring the student perspective. Um, so obviously you're very involved. Um, I feel like I, we're both very busy people and I feel like we're always busy together. And so obviously it seems like you found your place here at JMU. And so how did that happen for you? And, you know, what were the struggles along the way and all that kind of stuff? Cause I know for me, it was hard. I'm sure for you, it was as well. You know, I'll be honest with you and I'll lead with this and, and promise that it'll all come back full circle and hopefully it won't take me 30 minutes to get to that. But, um, you know, I, I believe in the, in, in the thought of that, you know, it takes those rainy days to help the flowers blossom. Right. And so when I, you know, I'll start very briefly when I was looking at colleges and universities to go to, it was an interesting moment in my family at the time where my family, my parents were actually in the process of divorcing. My parents were middle school, high school, sweethearts, whatever you (laughs) want to associate it with. But since literally high school, my parents had me at 18. You know, we were the the trio. Uh, Xavier was always with the parents because they had him at 18. And and so I literally grew up with my parents, essentially. Uh, And there was a lot that we were learning together. Junior year came around, sophomore, junior year of high school came around. And, uh, you know, there was a, a, a dramatic shift in the family dynamic and the, and the parents divorced. And um, it took an emotional toll on me because, you know, I was used to, I, I recognized the privilege. I was used to having my parents together. Uh, but I also had a, a, a six, seven-year-old brother at the time and, and could only imagine what he had to go through with that. You know, I wasn't necessarily concerned about the parents. I was concerned about the brother. Um, and so, you know, saying all that to say, the transition from high school to college was 
in itself hard, not because of the academic change or the societal change, but there was so much going on family-wise that I didn't even understand really how to balance everything. Here I am applying for colleges, trying to figure out what I need to put in the application, what I need to do for the resume, who's gonna write the letter of recommendation. And so that was one part. Then we start talking about scholarships and how is it going to get paid for? How are you going to address that there are numbers before, comma, and after? And, and so, you know, I'm balancing all of these things. And so finding my place at JMU was hard because I was still trying to find who I was as an individual. And <laughs> I'm not trying to be deep and religious, but it was so hard because here I am, I'm trying to find who I am in Christ. I'm trying to figure out just who, what my place is in society. And you have now dropped off this 18-year-old Black boy from Hampton who is in a very broken state of mind and family situation in the middle of the mountains, in the middle of the Shenandoah Valley, uh, where there is a very limited but also uh, genuine group of Black students here that I, it took me a while to find. So saying all that to say, you know, the rainy season, the sunny, you know, side of that was that I came here and I was a part of the Marching Royal Dukes. Um, that was the family that accepted me the very first day I stepped on this campus. I remember moving in, it was a two hour period and I had to be ready for band camp, you know, the next moment. So I started off in the Marching Royal Dukes, joined the trumpet studio and had a family there. Um, but essentially, you know, it was, it took a while for me to find that black community. Um, which, you know, it's not a, you know, black versus white thing, but at some point, you know, you want to be surrounded by people that look like you. Um, and so that really didn't happen until my sophomore year, you know, college, and I was able to meet the black leaders in the midst of a George Floyd, in the midst of a Breonna Taylor, in the midst of all of these things that are going on. So those rainy seasons, you know, in my life ultimately helped me thrive to become and blossom to be the person that I am today. And so there's definitely some, some beauty in the struggle and some, some purpose in the pain, but um, yeah, it, you know, that's how it all kind of started. And I was able to find, you know, my place on campus. Saying everything you said, maybe like reflect on my podcast with Dr. Miller and my shout out to the MRDs because they always have a special place in my heart too. And um, just like finding that community can be hard for people, but yet despite all that, like you did, and that's just meaningful. Like you, you found it and they welcome you with open arms. Like it's just, and it's like those rainy seasons, like you said, that get you there and like your time of need. So. And the truth of the matter is I didn't even really start finding out about seamless and the BSA and the, the Black Leadership Coalition, like all of this stuff didn't really happen until I, I started saying, okay, cool, I feel accepted. I'm a part of a group of people that I can closely identify with with music, but what about the people that look like me? And so sophomore year, that's when it all opened up and that kind of catapulted me into wanting to be a student leader on campus because what can I do in my role with the experience I've had to be able to help other students? right, to be able to identify those problems in the beginning. That way they don't have to go through a lengthy process of belonging and believing that there are people on this campus that um, are really trying to work better for them. Right, and you already kind of touched on this a second ago, but what keeps you going into like why you stay involved? And I mean, I feel like I do personally, but yeah, I feel like, yeah, if you're willing to share um, what your why is to keep you involved and to keep you with your community and like what helped you find that community? Yeah, so why is important. Um, and it, it, it literally is at the center of, of who I am as an individual. There was a humbling stage that I had to go to. 
go through. I, I um, share that confidently now because I, I, if I look back at my life, I'm like, man, you really needed a thing of humble pie. And I don't know why you didn't get it earlier, but why is important. And, you know, I, I did an educational philosophy statement on this, you know, why answers when we understand our why we're able to answer everything else. Why helps us identify what, when, where, uh, and how. Okay. Um, so I, I say, you know, understanding the why, because my why is rooted in my family. My why is rooted specifically in my 10 year old brother, Israel, who's in his process of, you know, being a middle school uh, student, he's a fifth grader. Um, and in, you know, in that moment when you're when you're the son of two early parents and then you have another sibling, you ultimately become the third parent. <laughs> so I was, you know, sometimes that go pick Israel up from school, take Israel to football practice, go feed Israel. Israel needs to do homework. Um, there are even moments now where my mom or my dad, like my mom, she'll call me and she'll go, Israel needs help with homework. My dad will call me and go, I need to figure out what we're going to do with Israel when he goes to middle school. Uh, so, you know, you become that third parent. And 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 so that, that really keeps me going. Um, but the other thing that really keeps me going is, you know, when you get to these positions of leadership, um, my definition for leadership is that leadership is not a role nor a position, but it's a responsibility that a person learns over time. When a leader is focused on their responsibility, they're able to be able to be effective in what they're really called to do. Uh, as a leader, I don't do what I do for the recognition or the celebration, but I would tell you the one thing that keeps me going is when I can, can you know, advocate for something or help a student get something done, and they come back and they say, I appreciate you. Right. Because now more it, it's it's beyond, you know, your role. It's beyond the title. It's beyond of all of the things that you did. I, I tangibly can say I helped somebody. Right. And that's what I'm living for. I'm living for the moment when I can at least say, hey, I helped somebody reach their goal. I'm not looking to be, pat, you know, get the pat on the back or the, the plaque with my name on it. But the fact that I can at least say, hey, I helped somebody. So between my family, helping other colleagues, helping other peers around campus, that is what keeps me moving in life and, and keeps everything afloat. That's such a teacher thing of you to say, and I love it. Because <laughs> that's like something my mom would say. She's a teacher. And like, that's just, a, she's like, not even that. Like she won teacher of the year. And she was like, but I'm just doing my job. Like I'm doing, I'm helping people. Like, and that's like she said, or like you just said, like, getting people to where they want to be in life and knowing that you help them get there means the world. And it's incredible to watch. That's awesome. Yeah. And obviously that impacts the way you live too. And yes, you do that with your positions and your roles on campus, but you just do that as a person. And so I, I just want to say thank you for being you um, first. <laughs> well, thank you for being you. <laughs> I know I'm the difficult friend. I go from one, one feeling one way and saying one thing. And then I, just, I promise you, I have a good brain. Sometimes it's that squirrel moment. I just, <laughs> I just say what I say and I keep moving. Yeah. If you want to like talk a little bit about like revolves into like your personal life. Yeah. I think that'd be really informative for others to see how, it's not always, like you said, just about the position. It's about the way you just live your life. Yeah, I, I, I am a, a man that uh, is not ashamed to, to share his faith or his you know, background. I will say that I, I, I am a Christian. I, I believe in, you know, the, the, lifestyle, the lifestyle, um, 
Jesus had and, and, and kind of being a disciple of that, uh, of going and, you know, helping people, you know, grow and believe. I tell people all the time, and I learned this from the church that I go to up here, um, that Jesus' greatest ministry was done over eating. And so there is no meeting if there is no eating. Um, and so stuff like that kind of, you know, is kind of how I live my life, you know, how can we have intentional conversations with people? I will tell you the most interesting opportunity I've ever had on this campus was when I was running the first year for student rep and I'm, I'm meeting with student orgs. I'm going around and, you know, trying to get my name out there, trying to get people ready and excited to vote. And there was a moment when I said, you know, Hey, I, I should probably go and talk to like some of our political groups on campus. Um, and so I reached out to the college Democrats and I reached out to the college Republicans. I will tell you the greatest experience that I had was having a conversation with our college Republicans on campus. Um, we get so caught up in the political narrative that we miss the opportunity to develop meaningful connections and relationships with people. In that moment, their title is the college Republicans, but I didn't see them as college Republicans. I saw them as individuals on this campus that are committed to making a change just the same way I am. Now our change may be different and our way of doing it may be different, but our passion for making a change is still the same. And so, you know, it was that moment where we didn't have to come in the room as Democrats or Republicans. We didn't have to come in the room as black or white, but we could sit down and have a, a meaningful conversation. And I'm telling you, that was the highlight of the entire campaign. I left that meeting so excited and ready to get to work because of how productive the conversation was. So yeah, I, I don't want to make this about politics or anything, but my lifestyle is Treat people the way you want to be treated. Love people the way you want to be loved. Uh, help people the way you want it to be want to be helped. That is the way we make things better in, in the world, and we don't have to be so divided. Uh, I remember speaking at a eighth grade progression ceremony back at home, and I told the students the last statement that I said before I took my seat was, "Every day is a great day to make it a better day than what you went through yesterday. Every day." It's a great day to make it a better day than what you went through yesterday. When we can wake up, and I know that sometimes it is very hard for us to wake up and to look ourselves in the mirror and say, hey, we've got to do better. But when we can wake up and know that we have a chance and an opportunity to make whatever we do today better than what we went through yesterday, I promise you what we do as people in life is so much better. It's so much better. You, you. Oh, I'm just, I think about it all the time. Sometimes I have my hardest moments. I just look at myself and I say, Xavier, if you can just make today better than what you did yesterday, just one thing, it doesn't have to be everything, but just one thing better than what you did yesterday. Oh, the, the product that can come from just that one step in the process is so much worthwhile. Wow. Yeah. The saying that always goes around is, well, tomorrow's a new day. Like, that's why I always tell myself, but no, like you're in it today. You still got tonight or, you know, you still have, you know, have that good meal and treat yourself and have a better day. You know, don't don't beat yourself up about what happens today and think, oh, tomorrow's going to be better because you don't know. You don't know. So, yeah, make it better right now. Today is the day. No, that's incredible. I, I love that. Um, I'm going to put that on a wall. <laughs> no, uh, that 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 quote is trademark. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's final buy it. <laughs> um, oh man. Well, I just want to thank you so much for being here and talking with me today. You were just, I'm just like I said, I'm so lucky to call you a friend. I the feeling is definitely mutual. I, I can tell you it, you know, people don't understand. I, I tell people all the time when you're a student leader on campus or you're just like in these circles where like really the, the the hard conversations are being had and the work is being done having that balance where you can work with people but then also laugh with people is so important I'm glad to have you in that circle where we can work and we can talk and we can we can fuss and we can do whatever uh, but we also have that relationship where we can we can laugh and we can you know just joke around and have a good time so it's, it's always good being with you my friend. Before we close out, do you have any one last piece of advice for everyone listening today? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I think I want to leave people with this thought of, you know, you are valued, you are loved, um, you have purpose in life, right? Uh, this, if, if there's anything that we've experienced from these last few years, and, and I would even say the last few months, you know, for Dukes that are listening to this with everything that's been going on, you, your life is so valuable. Um, your story is so important and so significant that it can truly unlock doors for other people. I'm in this whole phase now where, you know, at, at JMU, we're big on holding doors. I'm, I'm not only focused on holding the door. I'm also focused on unlocking the door. How do we help other people unlock the doors and see the potential that they have? And it takes you. It takes that brokenness. It takes that, that, that defeat. It takes that bad moment in life for you to be able to say, you know what? I've been there. I've done that. Now let me help you. So I want us to get to this moment where we don't just look at our pain. We don't just look at our frustration. We don't look at our hurt as problems, but we look at it as seeds that can then open doors for other people. We are capable. We are worthy enough. We have what it takes to be successful uh, and to overcome the challenges that we experience. So I, I really want to encourage people to, uh, to, 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 to switch the perspective, right? And, and think about those that can truly be helped from your story. Uh, that that's that's so good to me, uh, and I hope it's good to other people because it, it's it's us coming together ultimately what's going to help us succeed. You know, as as a university, as a community, as a state, as a society, and as a nation. So um, that's my little preaching moment for the day. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave with that note. Oh, well, that's all we have for today. But until next time, what's your rebound story? Thanks again, Xavier. Thank you. Rebound. 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 Rebound.